So we've been in a, an amazing season. Today is Rosh Hashanah. People are like, what's that? It's the Jewish New Year. Today, it actually is like, I actually didn't realize that till this morning. And uh, actually, uh, I like what Ron Cantor put up this morning. Let me just read this. Rosh Hashanah is the feast of trumpets reminding us that one day soon, a trumpet will sound from heaven and Yeshua, our king, will return to set up his messianic kingdom. And he, and he quotes 1 Thessalonians 4, well, 16 and 17, so I'm going to read that. For the Lord himself will appear with the declaration of victory, the shout of an archangel, and the trumpet blast of God. He will descend from the heavenly realm and command those who are dead in Christ to rise first. Then we who are alive will join them transported together in clouds to have an encounter with the Lord in the air and will be forever joined with the Lord. Man, that's some good news, hey? So make sure we get everyone that you know the opportunity to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. So they can also be a joyous day, right? But I just want to remind us, in this ministry, we believe in the kingdom is here and now already. So we're not waiting to die to encounter Jesus. We're not waiting to die to experience heaven, right? Man, there's different levels of that, man. I believe in people having encounters with heaven, like heaven, the place heaven, but also that heaven is supposed to be here, right? And we've talked about it. You guys are all ambassadors. I'm just reminding you, you are children of God, sons and daughters. Wherever you go, you are bringing the kingdom of God. And so we need to be reminded of that, right? So we're going to talk today about the faithfulness of God and how we need to be faithful. But we've been in this season, uh, I've just been contemplating through the process of, I love talking to God about process. You guys know what I mean by process is that, how did we get here and where are we going? And I'm a big promoter of reminding the church that God likes process. So we need to stop beating ourselves up, okay? I'm just going to start there. It's all over scripture. You've got people like Abraham, let's start there, who literally is like told by God that he's going to be the father of generations and he has no children. But he had to walk through a process to get to the place where he got Isaac. Sorry, I don't have verses for this because I wasn't going to share this part. But when he got Isaac... What happened? Jesus, well, God says, hey, Abraham, I gave you your promise. So today you're going to kill him. You're going to lay down your promise. So what happens? He goes up the mountain, gets up there, and we know the story. But God offers something else in place of Isaac. Now I'm going to share something here because I wasn't planning to, but I I heard this, and this is just blown. I just love this understanding because a lot of us, because we're a prophetic church, right? So we're really good, and we hear the voice of the Lord. Because we do. You hear the voice of the Lord. Tell yourself, I actually can hear the voice of the Lord for myself. They're not waiting for us to tell you a word. The words we give out should be confirmation of what you're already, already doing with the Lord. You know that, right? It should already be in there. So you've got Isaac lying down, getting ready to be killed, and then you've got Abraham that's also like, whoa, there's something else I can offer, right? So look at this prophetically. Abraham heard the voice of the Lord. He was obedient. But so often we miss the second part. We keep listening. Get what I'm saying? He would have killed Isaac if he didn't keep listening. 
Many of us were being asked and we're wondering why are we stuck at where we are. It's because we actually haven't kept listening. We're still trying to do the very thing and we're obedient, which is amazing. But we, st- we got so focused on what he told us that he's like, nope, yes, you did that. And now I'm going to offer bringing something else because it's called process. God is a God of today. He's a God that wants us to hear and be with him today. He wants us to hear him and actually experience him fresh today, right? But we, you guys as believers, we're in an hour, and I can, I've been feeling this, it, it just all around, we've had COVID, right? Everyone's sick of COVID, right? Right? And there's a lot going on. We hear about our gas prices. We, uh, we hear all of the, I'm not going to say all this stuff because it's depressing, right? But we actually need to stand up and, and declare the truth of God, that God is good today. And every one of you, if you're here today, he's been faithful. No matter what's happened in your life, no matter... The ups and downs, he's been faithful, right? So we're going to jump into scripture here because we got to use the word. Numbers 13. You guys all know these stories, but we're going to go over it. Numbers 13, verse 1. This is when the Israelites have gotten out of Egypt and uh, they've been told they're going to a promised land. Who's, who, who's believing promises of God over their life? Come on. We all have them, right? And a lot of our promises we've been confused about because of COVID. I'm one of them. I, it's like, what in the world happened? It feels like we got delayed, and God's, I don't believe that anything gets delayed. I believe we need to keep on declaring the truth of God, right? And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one, a leader among him. That's us, you guys. I feel like God's sending us out to, to look across the land. I actually believe that he's calling the body right now to make some choices, I actually was excited when I, because I didn't know it was Rosh Hashanah today, to be honest. I should have. But when I was getting this, because I'm like, this makes sense. Because isn't it interesting how, um, it's just humans, we like New Year's. Today's a New Year's, Jewish New Year's. Like, think about it. January 1st comes along. It will in a few months. And it's like, it feels like a fresh start, right? Why? It's just a day on the calendar. Because we like that. And sometimes we just need a fresh perspective, a fresh start to say, I can do this again. And we need those. So today we're going to go out. We're going to jump to verse 17. Then Moses went, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up into the mountains and see what the land is like. Because God is testing our hearts in this hour. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in it is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage. I love this. Before they even see it, he's already telling them, giving heaven's perspective. Be strong. Be courage. And bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath, and they went up through the south and came to Hebron, whatever, him and something, and that Telamai. The descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zon in, in Egypt. Must be in there for a reason. Then they came to the valley of Eshkol, and they cut down a branch with the cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. You guys, that's huge. I'm telling you, the, the harvest is ripe right now. Are we realizing that right now that there's literally, in our promised lands, are the grapes waiting for us? Right? That you, but you, the coolest part is you need, another, you need others with you. 
you're not going to the promised land alone. If only one, if one of you are going to have a hard time, you're going to be dragging these grapes and they're going to be no good anymore. Think about it. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they parted and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the, in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them that, and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Come on, they showed good things. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It was truly flows with milk and honey that it is its fruit. Now, so that's what we are declaring, right? We can get all excited in church. Sunday morning, we look out and go, the harvest is plentiful. This is amazing, guys. We're in worship and we're the anointings in the room and the presence of the corporate presence. And we're like, yes, look at those grapes. The problem is we have to be careful. Because verse 28 says, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Have you ever been to a meeting like that? It's true, isn't it? Like lately, you're all excited. I've been there, and it's like you're all excited, and you're up this faith, and all of a sudden goes, hey, did you see the gas went up to two points up, two dollars or something? You're like, oh, how are we going to do this, Lord? Like, isn't that pathetic that the gas prices wreck us that much? Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my Mennonite blood. I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. It is. It is crazy. But I can't focus on that. I can't focus. You're not, we're not called to focus on interest rates. We're called to switch and change things. We're called to declare things as, that are not into existence, the word says. Right? We're supposed to, and we're not, we're not supposed to be foolish. We're not like, oh, no, nothing's happening. No, but we are actually supposed to believe that we're the head and not the tail. We're actually supposed to believe that, that we are the more than conquerors. I love, that's a word that's been going around because we, to be a conqueror, you have to actually conquer something. And a lot of it is just here. Brent was hitting that last couple of weeks. You've got to hit past the mindset. We're not victims in this hour. No matter what's in Ottawa, we are not a victim. We're not. Because God is moving, you guys. Man, we're, there, there's so much things. In Canada alone, people are getting saved. Things are happening. Look what's happening here. Come on, look around you. Come on. Look to somebody and say, you're a miracle. Come on, you made it here. No, honestly, this, the world is so busy but you're choosing to get together and actually believe in something bigger. Can we start, not that we haven't, but can we go to another level of believing that we're part of something bigger than we ever imagined? Because you have to choose to believe that. You have to have faith to believe that. Oh, man. <sighs> then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are able to overcome it. Come on, that's you guys, every one of you. Every one of you. And if you're saying, well, maybe it's not me, I've been doubtful. No, no, that's you today. It's you today. We choose to bring hope around us. Brent brought that up last week. Hope, the expectation of something good to happen. You have to release that. But the men had gone up with him and said, we're not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it and are men of great stature. Come on. The churches are rising, but we have to. Man, I, I've been praying this week about, we've got to stir up those people. 
You know those people that way back when uh, the churches got shut down because of COVID? And then they said, how dare they close COVID? Churches for COVID. How dare they do that? Well, where are they? Come on, I dare you to challenge some of your friends. Because I've heard of, I hear this stuff out there. It's like, well, no, things are different. No, no. We were really sad when we weren't allowed to, but now we have free will to. Where, where are we? Not you guys, because you're here, of course. <laughs> but talking to you online. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's bad. We love you guys. I'm sure you have a really good reason for not coming. Um, no, but we can't. Like, just think of that if you actually process that. We were all, like, victimized, and the end of the world was here because we couldn't go to church. We should have packed houses of God right now. Should we not? Like, for all the people I saw on Facebook that were complaining, I would think that we couldn't find room. Sorry. Because we're in a great hour. And we're going to keep, you'll be like, well, that's, that's great. That's, that's great. You guys and your prophetic words always like, it's a good day. Yeah, because it is. Because the Lord made it. And I'll tell you something. I love grabbing hold of this verse. I've always, Chris Walton always is speaking this out. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things work together for good to those who love God. You guys, he works all things. No matter where you've been or what's been going on, he works it all out. So we jump to Numbers 14. Uh, 14. So now these guys have pretty much said we're not going, which is not a good thing because we're going, guys. So, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. See, again, humans are funny. They're weeping because they're not going in, but they chose not to go in. You guys, we have free will. A lot of our own breakthrough is standing in front of us. A lot of us just have to be like, oh, it's my own thoughts. It's my own minds. Sorry, guys. It's a simple truth, right? He, Jesus paid the price, you guys. Jesus did everything so we could have a life and heaven on earth here, right? It's our choice. And, well, you don't understand. I, I'm feeling very, I, I prayed and I didn't get healed. We'll pray again. Uh, and first of all, we're not blaming you if you didn't get healed. I, we were watching something with the kids last night and it showed up in a show that this Christian showed up and was praying and they're like, well, it's your lack of faith. You're not being healed. And we're like, whoa, whoa, kids, that's not how it works. I just want to say that. So it doesn't always look perfect around you. But you have to choose to bring, well, bring God into the situation. How can God bring a restoration to the situation? He makes all things good. Come on. And we can't let other people's struggles around you pull you down. We're supposed to be pulling them up. Come on. I'm speaking to you guys we, so often that we, I, we do that. Back to those circles of don't go out for lunch today and start whining about how bad the economy is. Ask God for a heavenly encounter to tell you how to change the economy. Come on, I love it. Rianne and them are in another meeting this morning, and they're, they're, she's going for it. You know how hard that is? It's not fun. Everyone's like, oh, you might be the, you might be the uh, city councilor in Abbotsford. That's not an easy job. But she's going to believing to make change. I love it. And the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, "If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if we had, if only we had died in the wilderness." Come on, some of us are going. Oh, if only COVID never happened. Why don't we just go back there? No, 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 no. We're going forward, guys. We got to remember what God was doing and is doing today. 
Why, was, why has the Lord brought us into the land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. You guys, they were slaves in Egypt. How, how often we're so easily challenged. Hey, I'm there. Some days you're like, whoa, and my wife has to smack me. Like, what are you doing? Why are you getting down? Why are you not believing? Why not? Because she never doubts, right? She's perfect. That's right. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. I challenge you. We need, we, we need to position ourselves. I've been feeling just, we need to, as a, even as a body, be just getting on our faces, whatever what I mean is praying and interceding for this region. Believing for the breakthrough. Like people are picking it up in the spirit, picking it up prophetically that there is such a breakthrough coming, but it's a choice that we have to grab a hold of. We actually have to do something. It's amazing how the Christian walk, like Jesus actually asks us to do something. You guys, God is sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he has actually given you the keys. Many of you guys are standing at doors going, God, open it up, kick it open. And he's going, it's, you have the keys. Sometimes we just have to open that door. Uh, and they spoke to all the congregation of, of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us to the land and will give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Come on, they're speaking life. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. You guys, that's a declaration just right there in your own life. Your, your frustrations, you can eat them. Come on. Your frustrations, you just got to take them and say, ha, ha, eat that sucker. You're, you're my bread. You're going to feed me into this going into the next season. Come on. Oh, I just brought back memory. I shouldn't I'm get distracted. I do this sometimes. Do you guys know, um, oh, my word. I totally forget his name now, too. Maybe it's not supposed to happen. Um, <sighs> Graham Cook. I have to. Graham Cook has this crazy, I'll leave you the fast version of it. He literally was in a season, and he was getting attacked, attacked, and attacked, okay, by actual satanic people. Da, da, da. And the Lord told him, do not worry. Whatever they do. I'm going to give you double blessing for it. When they curse you, I give you double blessing. Graham Cook, yes. Yep. And so he, so he literally, fast version, there's a lot more to this, but he gets this call. And this guy's like, yep, I'm, the, I'm so-and-so Satanist, da-da-da-da. And he's like, I gotta, I've killed people. And Graham's like, okay. He's like, yeah, I mean, he's cursing. He's like, he's like, is that all you got? Is that all you got? And the guy's like, what? He's giving him more. They have their cup in there. Yeah, that's all you got. Because he's, he's like, I get double blessing, double blessing, double blessing, double blessing. Because he knew who he was as a son. Now, this is the cool part is that he just hung up and it's like, okay, thank you, Jesus. I forget, it was quite a long time later. This, he was doing a meeting and this guy walks up. He goes, do you know who I am? He goes, I have no idea who you are. He goes, I was the guy on the phone. He goes, no one had ever done that before. You don't understand what we had done. And basically him and his whole coven got saved. That's a true story. We have to position ourselves like that. Man, we get so scared. I get so frustrated because we get scared of a devil that is not the brother of Jesus. He is, he's, he's nothing even close. He's a fallen angel, guys. He's a fallen angel. He gave up something. He was God. Yeah. Anyways, we won't go there. But we don't need to fear him. No, we don't even have to give him his attention. We give Jesus attention, and he can't be around. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, 
for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the con- congregation said, stone them. Oh, who's been there before? <laughs> now the glory of the Lord appeared. In the t- I love this, because I still don't even understand this verse, honestly. And the congregation said to stone them with stones. And the next, second part of the verse says, Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the meeting before the children of Israel. Okay? And that's what he does. Like, it literally doesn't say much more than that. Because then he says, then the Lord said to Moses. And I keep going. But think of that. Heaven came. He didn't get stoned. It's like, isn't there a story about Jesus? And they were going to throw him off a cliff. And he just, okay. That's supposed to be us, guys. We need, a lot of us need to walk out of some conversations. Don't get caught up in the stoning. Don't get caught up in, in, the, in being attacked. Get out of the way and get in the glory of God. Because in the glory, you find out, he'll be like, you're a ch- my child. I love you. Guess what you can do? Guess what you can do? You hang out with Jesus. He's going to keep on telling you what you can do. And he's going to keep telling you, and he's going to be like, come on. But he's really nice about it. He won't push you all the time. Um, then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me, and how long will they not believe me with all their signs which I have performed among them? Dude, it's like, what did Jesus say? He, like, he, he said, well, uh, that one place he was at, he was like, with all these signs, like Sodom and Gomorrah would have come to me. Right? We need to actually just break through. Like, we got to pray for this land. But we also have to be a witness. I love, I love, you guys, if you know me, I I'm, I'm, love the charismatic, the power, giftings, the prophetic signs and wonders. But we also need just to love. You let that glory come when they're trying to stone you? And you don't attack them, you'll be surprised what happens. Favor comes. I will strike them with the pestilence and dis, disinherit them, and I'll make you a, a nation greater, mighty, mightier than they. And Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear it. For by your might you brought these people up from among them. I love this, because Moses remembered. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are among these people, that you, O Lord, are seen face to face. And your cloud stands before them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Oh, man. Bring our pillars of fire and our pillars of uh, cloud by, what's it get? Cloud by day, fire by night. That's a good song. Now, if you, if you kill these people as, as one man, then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak, saying, because the Lord was not able to bring these people to the land which he swore to give them, therefore he killed them in the wilderness. Hey, guys, this is in the Bible, so you might want to use this sometime when you're, you need breakthrough. No, I believe that. If you find it in Scripture, you're allowed to use it. And you're like, God, I feel beat up today. Can you show your goodness to remind people? Because I remember what you did for me. This is the coolest part is that Moses is reminding, no, I remember, because the people forgot. Like, I don't know who was around here even before, honestly, before COVID. We, there was a momentum. I'm not saying there isn't now, but there was a momentum, and a momentum in the land. It didn't stop in the spirit. So we got to pick it up again. We got to remember that we are a people that believe, get them out of Egypt. Get the mind. We'll talk a lot in this ministry. Brett loves talking about it. It's the mind of Christ. Because with that, that's where it changes things. But the, the mentality of Egypt is slave mentality. And so often we go back to that when we get discouraged. We have to. But the cool thing about Moses is that Moses was, did you know Moses was raised actually in Pharaoh's house for a reason? Because he didn't get raised as a slave. He got raised as a king. 
Where was I? Uh, the Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generation, pardon the iniquity of the people. I pray according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven the people from Egypt even until now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the, of the Lord. Have we had that yet, guys? Has the whole earth been filled with the glory of the Lord? It's coming. Because all these men have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to, to the test. Now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall those who have rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, we need the Caleb's, right? Who's a Caleb? I'm a Caleb. Let's be Caleb's. And because he is different in the spirit, it, the different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he went, and his descendants shall inherit. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley tomorrow. Turn and move out into the wilderness by the way of the sea, Red Sea. If, if you've been around me, well, some of you have been, something that I've been really just pondering for months and months is I don't want to go back in the wilderness. I keep on hearing this, don't go back in the wilderness. Be ones that declare and remember what God has done. Because that's the key. That's the key. Because in good, the goodness of God, you guys, he has been faithful. He has never failed us. But we need to choose to be faithful. I was talking to Willis, Pastor Willis this week about this. It's so important. We, we have to choose for ourselves to be faithful. Because God is faithful, but have you been faithful? Are you going after more of Jesus? What does that look like? Are, are you hungry for more? You actually think God actually wants to encounter you more. You, you jump to chapter 16 of Exodus. I love this because now they're stuck in the wilderness. But so we're not in there, right? But the supernatural kingdom of God is amazing. And he knows how to feed us. And it's the manna. Remember the manna? The Lord said to Moses, this is Exodus 16, 4 to 6 in the NIV. And the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Did God say he's going to test people? Does he ever do that? Oh, boy. He likes to hear what our heart thinks. Like, are you going to actually listen? Are you going to keep listening? Like I said before about Abraham, are you going to keep listening? On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. You know what? That's the, I love that line, that you will know the Lord. God wants to be recognized that he's the one doing the work in your life. That's a huge key right there. Simplest key. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're doing this. This is not, this is, sorry, I always get say, it's not about us, but it's about us. Isn't that cool? Because when we actually focus on him, he actually f focuses on you. It's incredible. It's like when you read about the, the elders dropping their crowns. Why do you have to keep on dropping their crowns? The, he doesn't say they picked it up. He puts it back on their head. That's what, we, that's what some people believe. That's a little extra, but, but that's how God works. He's like, man, you've recognized him as king. Now I king you again because he actually wants to see you move as kings. This actually says you're, you're little kings and queens. Move in power, right? Your authority. Exodus 16, 13, 20 says, The evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, the flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. That is so cool. Who wants some supernatural food? I'd love to see this. 
And, and we think it's weird when gold dust shows up. Dude, this, this just drops food. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. For that day, this is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is together as much as they need. Man, God wants to supply your needs. That word actually says he supplies in his, your needs according to his riches. I've shared this before, but often we've taken it further. Um, some of the um, prosperity gospel, we kind of pushed a little hard and started saying, well, well, he'll just give you everything. Well, it actually says he'll supply your needs. So I have this real big concept that, uh, of revelation, I felt. It was quite simple, but it was like you need to create needs in your life. Right? People are like, give me this huge house. And God's like, you don't use the one you have. <laughs> no, honestly, like, we, God is a practical, I find God quite practical. He actually, and he doesn't want to wreck you. No, seriously, he doesn't want to wreck you. When, and what I mean by that, he doesn't want to give you something that's actually going to get you distracted. He wants to keep you focused. Actually, this is my own personal opinion. I sometimes feel like the church, some people are living in some uh, poverty because God's like, you trust me. I'm positioning you in a place, you're going to come actually to me, and I'm going to watch the floodgates open, but you actually have to come to him. He says he has the cattle on a thousand hills. Sometimes we've got to go butcher one. Not just talk about them, like, hey, look at that cow, I'm hungry. No, you actually have to go kill the cow. Ask God how that works. No, it's true. Well, Lord, I heard the other day somebody else had this supernatural thing, they got given this, where's my coin in the fish's mouth? Well, did you go put, at least go try to fish? Like, we actually have to step into the Word of God. These are all, there's this keys all through this Word. It's everywhere. This is what the Lord commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person who have, you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. I love that. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses, and they kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell, so Moses was angry with them. That's because it stunk. But we have to fight. That's back to we need to trust God for today. The word says, do not worry about tomorrow. How often do we just worry about too much of tomorrow? It'll worry about itself. What's God asking you today to do? Where is he asking you to step out today? We got to stay... We got to take baby steps sometimes, right? We act, and we need others around you just to kind of push. I heard um, I was listening to some uh, Bethel leadership stuff yesterday, and they were talking about having. Uh, they shared this awesome analogy, and so you have this little baby, and uh, you know when they start starting to walk. At first, they start to walk, and it's like you kind of push the kid, and they kind of walk, and the, and, the, and they were saying how the mother's like, "Oh, they walked, they walked," and the dad's like, "Yeah, they walked." I think, like, because you kind of just pushed them, right? They kind of stumbled across. In the church, though, we often are like, eh, I don't know about that. We're more the father going, eh, what did they walk or not? We need to celebrate that they started moving. And some of us actually need to get around each other and actually push them along and watch because what happens to a child when they start moving? The next time they get up again, a little better and a little better. But we have to be around each other and actually have a culture which we believe in that's a safe place to practice. That's why we love our school. It's a safe place People get all freaked out, oh, you're going to teach us to prophesy or teach us to move. Yes, we will, but we're not just going to force you to do stuff. We're not that kind of people. We're going to encourage you and say, you can do it. And then we do these awesome activations, which Stacy's the best at, and she'll do these activations, and all of a sudden you're sitting there going, hey, I am getting something. 
in a safe environment. Oh, and, and you know what's so exciting being around that? I love it. One of my favorite things is, is watching somebody that's never led somebody to the Lord, and you bring them out, and they lead somebody to the Lord. Man, there's nothing better. Come on. You want to lead somebody to the Lord? Get a, get, hang around with Jeremy. Well, all of us, right? But, no, seriously. Some of you guys just say, hey, Jeremy, can I come hang out on some of these outreaches? Even if you don't go to the school. Come out and ask them because you know what? There's something. It's exciting. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. It is so much fun because we're meant to share the gospel. We need a daily encounter with Jesus. We need to stay faithful like our Father. Our success as believers is based on obedience and our faithfulness, right? We do not want to get back into the desert. We got to remember in this hour, I just, I want to just keep, I just feel so strongly. We want to declare or that we need to stir ourselves up like David and believe that where we are going is incredible. And we're going to take back anything the devil's stolen. That's not just some slogan and excitement. I'm not, I'm not wanting to hype people up because I actually believe God is a God of restoration. And, he does, and I've watched it too many times. I've watched him do things that you're like, wow, how did that happen? Because he stepped in. Because we made room for him. Hmm. I love Bill Johnson says, it's the backslider's heart will always judge God on what he didn't do. We don't judge God on what he didn't do. We, 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 we watch what he is doing. Because we're not to judge God. That's a dangerous place. Because God never owes you an explanation. Isn't that cool? He doesn't owe you an explanation. Because you know 90% of the thing. well, I don't know percentage numbers, but you're not going to get to heaven someday and be in the glory and the fullness of heaven and go, I don't understand why that happened. You won't care. You're just going to be like, I made it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But we need to eat of God. We need to eat of the word of God. Matthew 4, 4 says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to eat of him. We need, our, we need to eat freshness, like the manna. We need the freshness of God. We need to know today. We need to get back into the word. I brought this up a few weeks ago. I heard that uh, the, there's studies done all the time about the church, and they're saying one of the big reasons intercession, uh, prayer has died in the church, which we don't, we declare it didn't die, but it's got less in North America, is because they stopped reading the word. Because there's something about, and you, anyone in here that reads the word, you'll, you'll know it. When you do read the word, you're like, whoa, oh my goodness, this is amazing. When you get into it, and it's so, isn't it interesting that it's one of the hardest things to get into sometimes? It's because the devil's scared. He wants to feed you with the world. He wants to give you everything else. Oh, no, you don't want to read. Yes, because this will change you. Because when you read it, you're like, Jesus did what? No way. Peter walked on water? Well, wasn't Peter a disciple? And if I'm a disciple, shouldn't I try walking on water? Come on, why not? It's an analogy, though, but like, why not? Why don't, no, just kidding. Um, just jump right off. Bobby, anyways, Bobby Connor did that once. You should check that out. Um, oh. But we actually have to let God prune us and grow us. John 15 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Who wants to bear more fruit? You've already cleaned because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and in him bears much fruit, for without me you can bear no- do nothing. We need to come to that place where we cannot do nothing with him. We also have to let him prune our branches. Right? Who likes being pruned? It's, it's a shock to the system sometimes. But it brings fruit. I want to bring fruit. It's amazing. If you know anything about apple trees, if you want good apples, you've got to prune your apple tree. In the fall, you prune them. And even this is the, uh, if you don't know this, but if you have a big apple tree, in the spring, while the, all these little apples are hanging off, it's called thinning. You actually start removing a pile of the apples. So if there's like a bunch, you take out, only, and you only leave like one or two. There'd be like six or seven of these little apples, and you remove them, and you feel crazy because you're dropping apples everywhere. But if you don't, they become little apples. You want big apples? You have to, it's called thinning. See, I just helped somebody that uh, has an apple tree at their house. You actually have to do something. And you help it. Because God wants us to have big fruit. Whew, fruit that remains. We need to get to a place of wanting to grow. We've got to get past our insecurities that hold us back from growing. We've got to, guys. It's worth it. We need to realize that we're not just affecting now, we're affecting history. What I said before, are we believing that we're bigger, something's bigger happening than we can even see? We have to start seeing that bigger picture. We have to say, what are we doing today that is actually going to affect history? What are we doing today that actually is going to be talked about in heaven? No, for real. How often do we do stuff that when you get to heaven, like I brought up, you'll never even think about or worry about? You won't. How many things in life that you're so distressed about right now that when you get to heaven, Jesus will never ask you about? He's never going to, he's not going to sit down and go, hey, Kevin, uh, oh, I heard this. He's like, oh, how big was, uh, how many square feet is your house? Oh, that's not big enough. He don't care. Like in heaven, he won't. Yeah, but look how big your house is now in heaven. You got a lot more time living in it. He does, he's not going to be getting, oh, well, you did this and did this. He wants to know what happened to your heart. How did you, how did you answer my call? Oh, and the coolest thing is a lot of uh, you want to have conversations with Jesus. Like, don't you remember when we did this together? That's the thing. You want to start partnering now so you can have God's stories in heaven about what you did together. Right? Wouldn't that be cool if all of a sudden he's like, hey, Paul, come here. You got to hear. Dean, remember? Tell Paul about that day we did that thing. Why not? You guys look at me like I'm crazy. But honestly, it's reality. Do we actually believe there's a heaven? Come on. Do you believe you're going to spend time there for eternity? Like you guys, we maybe live 100, 120 years old. That would be amazing. we got eternity. we got to get the mindset of eternity that we actually, we're not going to, this might shock some people, I do not believe that we're going to get there and you're just going to go, holy, holy, you're actually going to do stuff. There's heaven, anyways, I'm not going there. Okay, we got to have a mindset of learning and growing. Isn't uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, Where's uh, the keyboard guy? Um, isn't it obvious that all our runners on the, isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win, but only one receives the victory prize? Each one of us must run the race to be victorious. We got to run it to win. God actually wants you to win. He put that in you. That's why my wife is very competitive. Yeah, people that are laughing know the truth. She's super competitive because she's got the kingdom on her. We actually are built in us to win. We're not losers. 
A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't run just for exercising or boxing like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion, an athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that, that after preaching the good news to others, I myself not be disqualified. We need to live a life, not just running around preaching at people, but actually live the life the gospel. We got it. We have an amazing conference coming up. It's going to be crazy, awesome. We're going to gather together. But we're not just doing conferences just so you guys can get. We're doing conferences we want to pour into you guys so that we do things together. This is not, oh, that's awesome. Brent's in Russia. Brent's here. That is incredible, and we love that. But what about, we want to hear this, so-and-so's out there, and this person's out there, and this person's out there. Right? And it doesn't have to be Russia. It can be next door. Like, we're burning. We're strategizing right now how to even hit just this region even more because we have to see something change. We have to. We want to be part of something bigger. We are, we got to believe that we want to leave a mark in history. Right? Like, I've been saying that to people around me. I'm like, God's put a passion in me. I'm like, I want to see everyone around me. Like, I just want to, how can I partner with them to see them leave the biggest mark on history as they can? And you're like, well, that sounds prideful. You want to see people. Yes, that's our, that's, we got to change the mentality. God wants you to actually mark history. And it doesn't mean you have to look like the guy on the preacher. You can look, you can do it, be an incredible teacher. You can be a, a best garbage man out there and leave a mark on history. History will tell how something actually really went. We judge things way too fast. Way too fast. You guys don't know who Banning Leapshire, Jesus Culture? He's a pretty driven individual, built the Jesus Culture. It's incredible. And he was meeting, he was in San Francisco uh, where their church is, and he was meeting with another pastor that had this huge thriving church, and he went up to him and, and they were meeting their friends, and he said, hey, um, he says, how do you think your church is going? Banning asked this guy. And he goes, because he's quite successful, it's not a scary thing to ask. And he literally goes, I don't know, history will tell. He's like, well, no, you're like, I forget, it was like 15 years old church. And it was thriving. He goes, yeah, we're 15 years old. He's like, that's like a baby. And Manny's like, what do you mean it's a baby? He's like, we're just getting going. Like, he had such, and it switched, it's a different mindset. It's saying we're building for the next generations, Right? So you guys know in Luke 10, Jesus talks about, he sends out the 70, right? You guys know that story? He sends out the 70, those, those that were around him, watching him do the works of the kingdom. I'll read this, it's cool. After this, the Lord formed 35 teams among the other disciples. Each team was two disciples, 70 in all, and he commissioned them to go ahead of him into every town he was about to visit. He released them with these instructions. The harvest is huge, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvester, harvest to send out many more workers into his harvest fields. Now off you go. I'm sending you out even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going to a pack of wolves. Do you ever feel that? You guys, we're in good company here. 
You won't need to take anything with you. Trust in God alone, and you don't get distracted from, from my purpose by anyone you might meet along the way. That's what we, you guys, we cannot get distracted. We get way too distracted by Netflix. Um, once you enter a house, speak to the people there and say, God's blessing of peace be upon this house. If a lover of peace resides there, your peace will rest upon that household. But if you are rejected, your blessing of peace will come back upon you. Don't shift from one house to another, but stay in one home during uh, your time in the city. Eat and drink whatever you, you, they serve you. Receive their hospitality, for you are my harvester, and you deserve to be cared for. When Jesus sent them out, this is the coolest thing. He sent them out expecting results. So hear me. He expects results as you go out. Not expects in a way of like, oh, you better do it. He expects because he believes in you. He believed in these 70. He's even like, dude, you feel vulnerable? You don't feel like you have it? If you feel that, you're in a good company. That's what he was sending out. But he knew something greater. He knew that his spirit was upon them. He knew that the kingdom of God is advancing. And I love it if you jump to Luke 10, we hear the results of God's belief in his people. Because I believe this is a declaration even over us for this time. Well, I think it's from history over his believers. He's believing for good reports constantly from you. You may say, well, I just don't see it. Well, you choose to and you're going to see good results. Because it says, when the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy. This is Luke 10, 17 to 20. Telling them, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Don't you love it when we can get excited? Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven, like lightning to the ground. Dude, that's a good report from Jesus. Right? That was them. That wasn't him. That was the 70 guys. I'm trying to, come on, we got to get this. This is you guys. While you're ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell and suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. Some of us need to just go and experience it. That's why people go on missions trips and get robbed. Because they go to these nations and all of a sudden like, whoa, God actually does it here. And we got to remember and bring it back here. I'm believing the amount of miracles I've seen in other countries. One day in India, I've seen more. Like, it's insane. But we gotta, I'm believing to see it more here. We have to. Our, we have to because that's what he said. Not, that's because the Word of God says he's still doing it. You will trample every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. You guys are the overcomers. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven, that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. You guys want to stand up? This is the true source of your authority, is when you know that you're a son or a daughter. When you have spent time with Jesus and watched what he does. When you have read the word and seen what he has done. I want to declare over you guys, we're not going to go long here, that we're sending out. The word called like follow, out of sent forth. I'm going to keep going at this. You've heard me do this before. I want to, we were sending you guys out, sending us out. I want to, come on. Some of you guys, I challenge you, just go get a, this sounds bad, but I'm going to tell you my heart. Go out and just get a testimony for the sake of a testimony. Because you'll get hungry. 
So, oh, that's religious. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. I could tell you that I've gotten people, I'll be honest, I, there was a time in my life I got people saved out of trying to prove to people how I could do things. You know what? They're never going to come to me in heaven and say, God, I don't like you. You did all the wrong reasons. Now, I may not get the reward that I should have for having the right heart, but I'm telling you, the, what God can do, he can use donkeys. You know that from scripture. And you're not a donkey. But I challenge you, go forth and be his voice. Be the one that brings truth. Bring the light into wherever you go. Be the shining light, the salt to the earth. Oh, because you're so good. So Lord, we just pray right now. Lord God, we just thank you. sending forth your people. Lord God, that this, that we are living the kingdom today. And Lord God, you have so much belief. All we could say, you believe in these, in your children. I just, I just declare, but he believes in you, sons and daughters. And he wants you to believe in you. That Christ in you is the hope for those around you. And so Lord, we ask for just your presence to come. I love in Scripture, Jesus came and he breathed upon the disciples. But I ask for your breath to come right now, Holy Spirit. I ask for a fresh breath from heaven to come over us right now, Lord God, with a boldness to come, Lord Jesus. That there be an excitement in us today, Lord God, that we would just say, we have to have more. That there would be something imparted today that says that I need to actually change history. That I can make a difference. That I want to know that I know that I know that I know that someday in heaven we're going to talk about the exploits that I got to do with you, Jesus. Because if you, Holy Spirit, we can do these things. Holy Spirit, just breathe. Breathe right now. Just say, Lord, I want more. I want to touch. Come on. Just keep praying. This, this family right here, I don't, I don't know if I met you guys before. I just, there's such a hunger on you during worship. I just saw, just saying, I want more. There's such a peace over you, man, um, sir. He's got a young man. Wow. So he is a young man. That's right. And I just see this leadership anointing on you and the strength that you have. I just see in the spirit, it's like you've done, you've done the workout. And I just want to honor you in that. I just want to thank you for going forth. And I just thank you for the generosity. I just see that you're a man of gener generosity. And you have a gift to bring. And who you are is a gift. I just want to say that over you. You have more than you think you have to bring in. There's this, because I see literally I, what I, the knowledge of the Lord around you. It's the wisdom of God. I see books all around your mind, all around you. And I, I near, I near, is this your wife here? You're a fiery one. You're going for more. I don't know what's been happening, but this, 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 you guys are stepping up for a season of just going after something more. And I just see the breakthrough coming. And this prophetic edge is coming over you to see and call things that are not. I see that there's just this... Uh, you're a worshiper at heart. There's a purity and holiness over you. And as you've walked that out, God is just releasing a blessing for the faithfulness over your life right now. I just thank you right now. I just see, like, literally, you're, you're one that literally carries, like, a. I see a wells in front of you that you bring water to others. You bring hope to others. And so I just believe that's over you guys. This is your daughter. Come on. 
Lord, I just thank you for that Jonah Ark anointing, Lord God. I just feel the honor of the Lord over you. Lord God, someone that you don't believe that you can be held back. I just see there's this thing on you of boldness and saying, I want more. And I'm going to break through. I'm not going to be held back from man's ideas. And I just thank you, Lord, for that you have separated her. And I, um, I, I just sense that almost like you, there's been seasons you almost fell off because you, because you wanted more of Jesus that others didn't understand. That I'm telling you, God's bringing you people to run with you. I see that, that God's bringing you to run with you. And that you're going to, I just see you killing giants. I just see that you're like a, I know it's David's a guy, but you're, but that, it doesn't matter, you're a giant killer. I see because you've, you're one that wants to hang out with Jesus and then see other people experience too, and there's a joy over you. I see there's just a, um, yeah, there's some worship stuff over you. You do worship in any way? Not yet? But you're a worshiper. This is on your, you, you two very much have this worshiping of the Lord and the, and the secret place and the, and the prayer thing over you. But you're, you're a fighter, and you're going to go break through and be a harvester. Come on. In Jesus' name. Come on. Say, Jesus, you're good. Do you have a moment? I just, I have a, it's, who over here is the, the uh, back pain? Right over here, lower back pain. It's right here. It's you? Oh, look at that. That's good. Good. John, they, actually, let's the power. Oh, Jesus. Let's do this. Come on. I love this, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, we release that right now. Command the healing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> He's a good dad, eh? Oh, Jesus. Right now, in Jesus' name. Can you test it? Like, do you have pain now? You couldn't tell us right now. Did you have it when it came in, though? No? So we'll have, when will we know? It comes and goes. So we say it never comes back. Right now, in Jesus' name. Right now. Right on. Going to bring up the prayer team. Oh, you need it over there too? Is that lower back over there too? Who's got back pain? Put your hand up. Anyone around? Any around them, please lay hands. You guys all have back pain? The whole family needs? Okay, Jesus. Lord, okay, let's just grab this. If you need... I'm on a mission because I'm like... I can't wait till we have a healing service and we go, hey, and no one can get words of knowledge or no one is healing because we're so moving and we're healing that we're all healed. Come on. Then we're going to have to find hurt people. So please, I can't tell who's who. If Put your hand up again if you have the lower back pain. To me, lower back, back pain to, to in the healing ministry is some of the easiest stuff to see healed because we've seen it so often. Um, just put your hand up and then you guys do the work, okay? I'm, I, we commission you. There you go. Um, okay? Is everyone, anyone not have somebody around them? You don't have anyone around you? Can somebody get around Michael? Do you have, don't, right over there, can you get around him? He's got back pain. Right on, come on, let's get around him. Anyone else? So Lord, we just thank you right now that it, you are a God that heals today. Lord, we just thank you for the power, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you move in power. I just feel like he wants to move with healing with power right now. Right now, in Jesus' name, there's a difference. We won't get into that, but right now, just declare it in power and authority over those people right now. We clear the power in the ears. Get healed too. Come on, there's healing right now. It's ringing in the ears. Any hearing issues right now, just grab it out of it right now. Grab it right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Come on. Eyes being healed. Come on. I did a broadcast with Sammy on Thursday. We had a word for eyes that are being healed, and we saw them. So today, he's the same God right now. Grab him. 
Grab, grab right now. Come on. Headaches, migraine headaches right now be healed in Jesus' name. Come on. Okay, right there, right there. Come on, take it. Take it. Chron I hear the word chronic illness is being healed right now. Come on, chronic. We're going to break off any chronic pain off your bodies right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, right now. Anyone feeling anything? Just wave, uh, wave at me. Come on. Somebody's got to be right there. Come on. Come on. Come on. She's feeling her muscles being slowly being healed. Come on. All the way. Come on. That's one. Over here, too. Another one right here. Come on. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. You want to test? Oh, you're test get Testify. Get her. Okay. Maybe not. Right on. You over here? You got touched, too? Anyone to share a testimony? Come on. This is exciting because you're doing it. Jesus is doing it through you. Come on. So we're going to open up the front if you need more prayer. We right now just pray right now. Again, we release you guys. We send you forth in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you guys. Bless you guys. See you Friday night. Actually, see you Wednesday night at school. And then Friday night. Blessings. And the ministry team's up here.